0: Hey everybody welcome back so we left off on after surgery so after surgery like I said it took two years and I finally with the help of a great uh, masseuse um, she was a friend of mine who saw that I was in a lot of pain before surgery after surgery you know whatever and she helped me kind of massage my muscles in my legs we would always concentrate on lower back and legs and then sometimes my arms because, we're all connected, man, from top to bottom. It could be something happening in my toe and I feel it in my freaking hand. I mean, it's just weird. But after two years of trying and, and all this other stuff, I, I was able to start walking really good and straight. And it, I did feel it. I felt better. But it took, it's a long process. So it, for me, it did work. Now, remember... I only lengthened my leg and it's not perfect. It's still, you know, shorter in a way. But the feet, you can't do your feet. There's too many muscles. So that remained the same. Okay. So <clears throat> I guess the way you can describe it, and it's okay because I'm saying it, is like having a peg leg and then getting a new stick that's a little bit longer. You're still going to limp, but not as bad. And that was the goal. Excuse me. The goal was not to limp as bad and to slow down the process. I never... There is no cure. I wasn't delusional to think, oh, I'm going to magically walk right. Never been able to, never will. Okay. And for those who are saying, well, would you do it if... As I always said, if... Tomorrow, someone on the news, a scientist, said he's found the cure for polio victims, survivors, whatever the hell. Yes, I would take it. Why? Because it makes my life easier and better. And I would love... I would love to know how it feels to run. I really would. So, after that, like I said, I got sick again, so... I ended up getting cancer. Yay! <laughs> Another cherry on my cake. Yup, got leukemia stage 3. And it ended up making me go back. Words, on my leg. So, for all you disabled people out there, just because we're disabled doesn't mean we don't get sick. Another disease, you know? Again, we don't get to choose... Or pick. Okay. So just a little. Since this show is about polio. I'll I'll give you just a, a brief rundown of the cancer thing. Um, I was to the point where. From what I understand from the oncologist. I had 6% chance of surviving. Now again. You got to remember. I didn't cry. The way I looked at it was another disease but that's because I've been in and out of hospitals I know how it feels and how it works so to me it was like okay but again when you see your family cry in front of you when you see the hopelessness they have on their faces and I can see this in like a second in the corner of my eye I see my sister and my boyfriend God, it, it so many emotions I could describe on their faces—anger, fear, you name it—they were having it, and I'm sitting there going, <laughs> you know, because I was like, figures, motherfucking figures, and and I laughed and I said, well, what do we do? Is there anything we can do? And he goes, well, there's this new treatment, and it was like rare. It's just right out of the gate kind of treatment. Like, it had literally been out on the out illegal for one week. And I still had to sign all this paperwork because I was taking a gamble on it, you know. And it turns out it wasn't one treatment. I was going to get bombarded with two different treatments at the same time. So, I was like, okay, let's go. When do you want to start? We can start tonight. And he goes, oh, okay. And you got to understand... And one of the things that you have to remember about most doctors is, especially in oncology, they're scientists for the most part, okay? And yeah, a lot of them don't have bedside matter, but I can give a fuck about bedside matter. I don't care, as long as they're being 100% honest and clear. So I, I nipped that in the bud like the first night. Um, they brought, they had to make the treatment. Which, by the way, glue in the dark and was covered because it shouldn't get sunlight. And then when the blinds were closed and everything, I saw and I was like, is it me or is it glowing? And they go, yeah, it's glowing. (laughs) And I was like, holy fuck. It was hilarious to me. But, you know, I think in a way I I just had to laugh at the situation because, I mean, it's a scary situation. But on top of it, it was just ironic to me because it was April 1st you got it, April 1st. (laughs) And I just kept laughing going, holy fuck, you gotta be kidding me. And you know what I was doing, and and this is what I think is hilarious, is I kept looking at my leg. Because all that hard work, the surgery, the fucking pain, the lengthening, the scare that my bone might not grow back, which, by the way, it did. Yay! Believe it or not. The first... Uh, and I, I'm sorry. I'm going back to that story. The first time they took my... Uh, an x-ray. Oh, my God. It was so painful because I had the halo on still. the You know, big rods. And you got to understand, these rods are going through one end of the leg and coming out the other. end. that means they are going through skin, muscle, bone, muscle, skin, okay? The whole enchilada is literally going all the way through. And it was like, oh, my God, 12 rods or something like that. Um, So she twisted the leg. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> to take the x-ray because, you know, they have to see it from all angles to make sure. And it was slightly bigger and he goes it's growing yay and I looked at him and I finally let myself acknowledge that there was a very 50 50 chance and probably even more that my bone wasn't going to grow and I finally acknowledged that and I started crying I got really upset and he goes what's wrong and I go I just I was suppressing something and I'm just so glad that it, it's growing And he goes, let's hope, let's hope. Now, that doesn't negate the fact that it maybe wouldn't have grown the rest of the way. Okay? I was just happy some of it grew. To be honest, I was expecting to get the rod. I just didn't want to admit it to myself. Because, you know, a lot of people tell you and describe to you something that might have happened to them. Unlike them, though, I visually saw that. They literally would have have to saw my knee saw the top of the bone off insert the middle rod going down the middle of the bone all the way through connecting the two ends okay and then put this thing i don't i i don't remember if it's like uh some kind of like Organic material that goes around the rod in between your two bones to like a filler Okay, picture wood filler they're filling it. Okay, and it would have been like that And that would have given me the stability or whatever the fuck and then put your knee back all that Just to make me limp less Was a huge gamble I know that but I figured if I don't try I'm gonna end up sitting in this wheelchair permanently anyway. So, why not? Now, in all fairness, most of my family was against it. Especially my father. Can't blame him though. Can't blame him. You know, because it was such a small degree of uh, possibility of succeeding in the first place. But then to top it off, it was only to slow down the process of limping into the point where I'm not going to get back up. And in all fairness, one day I might not. So I kind of know it's difficult for family members to accept what might happen to a loved one because, you know, you might have empathy, but you have no idea what we're going through and what we're dealing with and what choices we have to make depending on the individual. And I told him that. I go, Dad, you're not the one going through it. You don't know how it feels the fear I have and if I don't do something if I don't at least take control because I am in all fairness a huge control freak I think most of us are because we have so little control about what happened in our disability we are control freaks in other areas which is our life um and I admit that I admit that I've always admitted that I don't like not knowing and that's why when when uh Doctors are very blunt and don't have that bedtime manner everybody talks about. I can give a fuck about that. He's being honest. He's being blunt. He's getting to the point. I know where everything is. Move on. You know, I don't accept rudeness, but I do accept bluntness. You know, that there, there's a difference. So, that happened. And, um, we were very happy about the whole process. In fact, I filmed it. I filmed, oh, just to give you an idea, like, uh, uh, my one of my closest friends and her daughter would go with me, to to because it was in it back and forth uh, between uh, two cities, and we had to go and we drove, and me and her we we could just listen to music or talk all the fucking way over there and talk about anything. It didn't matter, horror movies, shows. It didn't matter comics. Um, she was there for the removal. Of the rods which are the first set and she ended up crying and I'm like why are you I'm the one in pain what the fuck you know Uh, and she goes oh my god you know because they're literally pulling and I shit you not they pull the rod right through your whole leg they just pull it okay it leaves a little little hole in your bone your muscle and your skin and it, it does bleed, but you just cover it up with a gauze and wrap it and you should be fine <laughs> by the end of the night. I didn't believe that at the time, but I was like, uh, okay. I mean, you know what you're doing. You're a trauma surgeon. Uh, so that was the first time. And so on it went. Rods and stuff like that. And then at the end, the last visit was the removal of the dowel. It's like huge screw-looking things. And... My friend looks at me, looks at the table and she sees a black and decker drill. (laughs) Of course, it's nice and clean and sanitized, but it's a black and decker drill. And she goes, what the fuck is that? And I go, it's a drill. And she goes, why is there a black and decker drill? And I go, because that's what's going to remove the doubts." And she goes, what? They're not going to put you to sleep or anything? I went, no. They asked me if I wanted like a. like a coating pill or something and I'm like no I I don't want to bleed more and I definitely want all my senses here sure enough what they do is they lock in the drill to the end of it and and by this point I think I had six yeah I had six and these dowels are to the bone this is what was holding the bone in place uh, and stretching it while the dowels were going (laughs) you know (laughs) It's it's crazy, it's crazy. But uh, so the first time it slipped, oh my god, the vibration through my bone was son of a bitch. It was the most painful thing. Uh, well, I keep saying no, it was painful, but not compared to to everything else. But I could I could tolerate it at that point. You gotta understand, you as a human being, we can tolerate and tolerate more and more things. Pain, if you live with it every day, and you handle it every day. You get pretty good at it. So when he started removing the things with the black and Tucker drill, all I could do was just like, hold on, hold on. Just like let it. You know, my problem was the leg has a mind of its own sometimes. My whole left side, you know. And if it feels like spasming at that time, it would have been really bad. So my only request was, can you please hold my the end of the my feet, hold them steady, okay, don't let them lift or move, but they were so afraid of hurting me that they weren't really doing a good job, so I told them, never mind, um, so I put my feet against the wall, in a way, you know, because the tables are never against the wall, the long way, you know, I mean, the long way, and they're never at the short end, so I kind of was trying to hold it against something, and I, at the end of the day, I couldn't. So it was just flopping everywhere. And I told her, unless you hold it, it's going to do that. It's just, you know, I have no real control. And she goes, okay, okay. So that she kind of put it in, <laughs> in between her knees. And she started taking all the, ooh, it took a while. And I was bleeding everywhere because you do. Hello, they're to the bone. And then what you do is you, as you go, you wipe and you tape it. You wipe and you tape it. You're still bleeding quite a bit. The gauzes were getting full, but that's what we did. And then at the end, you remove those, clean your whole leg again. They put this, uh, the brown stuff, the, um, I don't know, it's like antiseptic. I don't know, like an anti, so you won't get infections, right? It's this yellow stuff to sanitize you, I guess. I don't know. They put it all over the leg, they cleaned it, and then they put patches on every hole. And then they wrapped the whole leg. And they said, okay, have a great day. (laughs) You can go home now. I was like, holy fuck. I was like, great, okay. So all the way home, it was the first time I was able to sit in the front seat. That was nice. And I finally broke down and said, okay, I'm in a lot of pain. My leg is swelling. I'm going to go ahead and move to the back so I can lay down and elevate the leg. But most importantly... Give me the pill (laughs) give it and now you gotta understand i've never since i was very young they put me on these pills and they had told my father this will help her control the pain my father saw what the side effects were he gave it to me once and that was enough he didn't like it i can't blame him for it it was complete i don't know why people like these pills at all I, i they make me feel so horrible but everybody has a different reaction right some people like it other people don't i don't so when we were driving home well she was driving home she goes do you want to stop and of course we stopped got some starbucks got some cookies some sandwiches and we were on our way and i took a pill and of course it made me feel even like disconnected horrible but at least i didn't feel the (laughs) leg by the time i got home She dropped me off, Uh, she settled me in, and and by then, you know, my sister was out of work, my mom, everybody was home waiting. They put me in the bed, and I said, okay, I'm going to sleep now. (laughs) It was the first time I could turn to my side and go to sleep in a very long time. It took almost um, almost a year, like six months to, no, wait, six months to seven or eight months of, of stretching it and doing all this stuff, almost a year of doing it fully. And, um, the next day, uh, you have to change the gauzes, obviously, because by then they're soaked. So the next night I asked my sister to come and help me because I knew my mom wouldn't. She's always been very hands off because she's afraid, A, of hurting me and B, doing the wrong thing, you know. Um, she's never felt comfortable being around me when I'm like that because she, she, she just can't tolerate seeing me in pain. She gets emotional, she feels useless, you know, all this stuff. And and that's okay. I mean, I understand, but I can tell you this parents and just a little side note, suck it up. Out of everything that I can honestly tell you that I was angry at my mother for, and and it took a lot of therapy to admit it, is that she was never there with me at the Shriners Hospital. My dad was. My mom never went with me. Now, I know both of them couldn't go. It had to be one of them. And I always assumed that my mom would go with me, but she didn't. And... She would always tell me, well, someone has to stay here with your siblings. Well, yeah, but... Okay. So, in my head, that's what I was told. But then as I got older, she still didn't go with me. As I continued to grow, she still doesn't go with me. Even when I got cancer, she still didn't go. And it's because she can't handle that situation. And in return, now... I can honestly tell you I never told her this outright, but I I made it very clear that it sucks that you did that and continue to do that. But I get it. And I know it sounds weird, but I'm telling you people and I'm telling you disabled kids out there that are listening. Not everybody's going to be as strong as you. Not everybody's going to be able to handle things as well as you. See, we know what it feels like already to have one leg down. To work that much harder. Because society is not going to treat you the same. No matter what the fuck they say, it's not true. You're not equal. Okay? You have to work harder. You have to prove that much more. And I think everybody does. Shit, depending on your skin color, people have to do that. But... Add on top of that what society thinks about disabled people I mean hell things can be really bad so I know you have every right to be mad I know I do but at the same time they're not you they can be that way if they choose to be, they could be another way. You have moms that are there 24-7, seven days a week and never leave your side. You have the regular ones and then you have those that are not there. That don't know how to ask you, are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, so that night, going back to the story, uh, my sister had to help me. I told her, all I need you to do is get me a towel. We need to clean the lake. And then I need to leave it open. No more guts. And my mom freaked out and said, what do you mean you're taking off this? What do you? What if you're bleeding? Do you, we do it back? And I'm like, no. We just control that part. Just let me concentrate, you know. So we took it off. We cleaned it. it. It was full, you know, of blood. But it was already dry, so I had to wipe it down. You couldn't really, like, use soap. It's open wounds, people. You know, it would have burned... <laughs> So I had to use like hot water and get everything out of there. And then I had to use that yellow stuff again. Just a little bit on all the holes, which was a lot. <laughs> Try not to move the stitches on the one side, <laughs> you know. But uh, so I was like, okay. And that was really the end of it. After that was nothing but walking, therapy, um getting to know my body again of training my brain and my body that instead of limping all the way I'm limping less and believe it or not it was so painful because your body's so used to going all the way down and now you're not there's like a stop so every time I walked it was like someone was like picture bumping into a chair or oh better picture stubbing your toe we hate that, right? It's painful. That's how I felt. It was like, ah, oh, you know, like, ah, oh, every time I walked. Because my brain was saying, like, hey, how come you're not going all the way down? And I'm like, oh, wait, that's why. You know? I had to get through that. And then um, it felt better. Now, in all fairness, I did uh, try my best to move a lot, try to eat right. You have to do all that stuff. You have to be careful if you want this to work. You know, this theory to work. And it did. In my opinion, it did. Because I did stop limping as much as I did. And I was feeling really good until the the whole fucking cancer thing. And then it ruined it. (laughs) Now I'm back to square one. (laughs) But. And I apologize, my sinuses are, oh my god. But, um. You know, we did pretty good, and I think I did okay. I wish there was something else I could do, but there's not. You know, once you get these diseases, there is no going back. That's why I think it's so freaky to me when parents that are anti-vaxxers tell me that. Because there's no real science behind their theory. Science is an ever evolving thing. This is true. But for this, there's no logic behind it. And again, I get it. Parents try their best to protect and make the best choices. But this is a choice that I don't understand. As a polio person, I'm telling you how much I suffer. And if your kid gets it, Well, frankly, I hope they never do. I don't wish it on anybody. It is a constant, constant, revolving fucking thing in my life. Honestly, I fucking hate it. There was one time in my life, I think it was uh, my freshman in college it was just a bad day I got a bad grade a fucker sighed behind me when I was going up the stairs ugh just added to the asinine. I hate when people do that came home and I I, I don't know where anybody was so I didn't really care um, it was the first time I let myself break down i took a shower i got ready for bed and i was uh, i love playing games so i was playing the playstation and something inside me just broke i started crying and crying, crying and i know it sounds stupid but there's two reasons why i hate crying number one your nose gets all clogged up <laughs> you can't breathe and number two frankly what's the point of it You're going to be sad anyway. You're not changing anything. But everybody says that it's a good way of letting your frustration out, your emotions out, your body can breathe better. I never found that to be true, to be honest. I found it to be something I do for a quick second because I was sad and then I move on. It doesn't take anything away, at least for me. But maybe for you. So I say let it out. Because that night was the first time I got so angry at myself for being who I was that I started hitting my leg and hitting it and hitting it to the point that I bruised it and I uh, cut myself with a ring I was wearing. I wanted to scream so loud. And then I I, I did. I did. No sound came out, but I did. After that, I I just let out a big sigh. I wiped my tears. I drank some more water, and I kept playing my PlayStation. That's one of the very, very few times I've actually let it out. And I never know why... But I did so when you achieve even a little goal like leg lengthening you go through all that pain you go through all that drama you get criticized left and right and then just when you see progress April 1st comes around and I got cancer if that's not fucking ironic and a big fat joke of the universe I don't know what it is. <laughs> I was like fuck. That's why I reacted the way I did. You know, frankly, I was so done that day. I am so done. I just was like, I give up. I'm I'm done. Fuck it. The universe is uh really picking on me. I don't know. Maybe someone up there hates me. Who knows? But uh it's crazy. Did it improve my life now? Yes. I can feel it. Now that I'm done with all the cancer shit. (laughs) And I had to redo everything. Yes, I'm better. Yes, my leg is sort of working. Now, in all fairness, because of the cancer and the chemo and the damaged chemo left... I am having to repair my body all over again. Damn. It's like uh some people say. It's like you, you start something... And instead of taking one step forward... You take two steps back. That's how I feel. It's like I'm constantly restarting the, the, the starting line... Instead of finishing the fucking race. Um, but I'll get into that... And what happened during the cancer stuff later. But if anything... The leg lengthening surgery worked until it didn't.